biggest in the game. Shout out to Hobie Baby for recommending this tune. Off NYC, Emmanuel Lewis, what's up? My brother. This shit kind of too bright right here. Hold on. Realness is too bright. Shout out Fan Mio if you want to connect one-on-one -on -one with your favorite artists, athletes and such. Calm body, what's good? I know it's cold up there. I, I know you're still working out every day. Chirac, a much finer vodka. Executive producer Azariah Malone Cartagena doesn't have a clue about what we're playing right now. Bob. Bob. Pretty Lou, what's good? Lola Malone, what's good? Boy, you been in the vibe today. To relish, what's good? Boy, you guys, man. Man, that was an early. <laughs> Woo! Yo! All right, Executive producer Azariah Malone, Cartagena. Shout out to Bronx Borough President Ruben Diaz. I just got off the phone with him. My brother, I've been talking to him for like an hour, driving back from my mother's house. Uh, and, um,. And we was just talking about life and, and beautiful things, man. And um, it is what it is, man. And so, you know, Ruben, he about to lead in politics soon. Get in the private sector. Get to his bag. Uh, Casey Goodson, I don't know if you, if you, uh, if you heard about the story about the young brother who got shot in the back going in his house from the police. They said he had a gun, but all he had turns out a Subway's sandwich. A Subway's hero. And even though we keep protesting, even though we keep uh, pushing the agenda, it seems like Innocent Brothers, who was a beautiful guy, seemed to still get Murdered on the streets for no reason. This young man was a nice man. He got shot in his back. No gun. Subway sandwich. Uh, and so we got to pray for his family and we demand action. Um, and it seems like even if we let down, we let our foot off the gas, they'll give us something to come back and talk some shit about. Um... Christmas season, uh, I'm trying to be festive. COVID, I want to say rest in peace to Elena uh, Cruz, a woman who pretty much raised me. She lived next door to me in Forest Projects uh, way before anybody ever thought it was going to be a fat Joe. The woman used to feed me every day. She was a beautiful person. I don't have one bad thing I could say about the woman, so I'm saying rest in peace to Elena. 
from 1000 to 5th floor. Shout out to Choo Choo, Jeanette, Weeze, Little Maria, uh, the whole entire family. Uh, shout out my brother Will Castro. So I haven't posted Will, and I'm, I'm kind of like tired of posting my friends on ventilators and in the hospital. You know, all I could do is talk to them personally and text them personally and tell them not to give up, to stay strong and that we love them. But I'm tired of posting people on ventilators and people looking, you know, fighting for their lives on my Instagram. So like my brother Khaled would say, I'm looking towards the light. And anybody who's watching this show right now who might be in the hospital uh, going through the COVID or cancer or whatever, fighting for your life, fight all the way. If you feel like you calm and you feel like you're going to give up, do not give up. Fight, fight, fight. And so, uh, for this life, uh, it's almost like that movie, the movie, what's the movie? Raid Redemption, where the guy fights 26, oh, oh let, let, better one, John Wick. He'll fight, fight, they throw the knob at him, and he keep hitting, he still grab glass and throw it, anything, bro. You got to look to the light, and you got to fight, and never give up. And if it's God's plan, it's God's plan. But you got to fight to the end. Um, it's a big, big show. Uh, it's pretty remarkable what we've been able to do, us as a community, uh, going on eight, nine months. Uh, there's, a, there's a new feature on Instagram they told me about. I don't really know about the shit, but they say it got a bell. And if you could go to the bell, if you see the bell while you're watching this, press the bell because apparently it tells everybody else we on live. Now, if somebody fucks with the Fat Joe show, they know he's on live at 8 o'clock. Yesterday, Luis Guzman, a.k.a. Pachanga from, from Carlitos Way, was an amazing interview. The day before, we had the one and only Reverend One. It wasn't apparent to me that Reverend Run does not do interviews. But of course, he came to the big show. Tonight, we have a young lady I've been trying to get on here for months. Uh, and I'm not going to say who it is because until I see her on here, you know, I'm going to go for that. But somebody I find very, very interesting who uh, has a lot, a lot of potential, a lot, a lot of talent, and to me is a pioneer at what she does, and she's groundbreaking, and I want to get to it with her, and I guess some of you people might know that she that she's coming on here, because uh, I see people saying her name, um, the hat is cool, my daughter, executive producer, wants me to be in a great, uh, festive, uh, you know, she wants me to, she wants me to be with the people, right? As, um, look up the yonder so we can be sure of the yonder. 
Brooklyn Babe, I see you. Uh, Angelica Villa. No, no, no. Angelica Villa, her video comes out tomorrow. Love Too Hard, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I can't wait for y'all to see it tomorrow. Um, it's crazy. You know, Angelica Villa, she's somebody who got to work for hers. It's not coming easy for her. And she got to keep going. You know what I'm saying? Hold up, that was a backup. Yeah. Send a request. Let's see. That's over. 815, because you know your dad always talks shit. You know, I'm pretty good at that. You know, that's what I do. Now I don't play with the people. And so we started this show. If you're here for the first time, Mama Silvers was good. If you're here for the first time, you know, we started this show because I was scared. I was terrified of COVID and for every right to. So you have to understand that if we were scared of COVID at the very beginning, they had hot spots. So New York was on fire. Jersey was on fire. And we was praying for them. But really in Miami, we were scared, but it wasn't hot. Now, it's a hundred times worse from the beginning. And you see the vaccine, you see the finish line. So you have to be careful. This is all I'm saying. I had a conversation with Ruben Diaz, Roswell president. He said, Joe, is anybody listening? And Ruben, forgive me. He said, is anybody listening? I said, no, but now there's a couple of maybe 70, 80,000 people listening. I said, hey, he said, are you going to take the vaccine? I said, I am taking the vaccine. And so the man, he was like, yo, but what? I was like, look, man, look, I got a boy who's in jail for life, my best friend. And he sent me a text today. And he says, he thinks it's irresponsible of people not to take the vaccine because we put others in danger. That's like if you know you've been out, you've been shaking your ass, you have to touch the town, you got to be all over with people, then you go see your aunts or uncles or your parents. I mean, they warned you about Thanksgiving. They warned everybody about Thanksgiving. Let's not act. Like, we didn't see them warning us about Thanksgiving, everybody getting together. This was going to turn into a thing. You look at the news, the airports was ran packed. Now everybody got corona. And so these numbers that we see spiking up right now is due to Thanksgiving and the traveling and going around people and this and this and that. Look, this ain't AIDS. This ain't HIV where you have to have sex or take uh a needle and share it with somebody. This is some shit that you touch a, a doorknob that has been touched before you. If you don't clean or sanitize your hand, you got the virus. And you give it to everybody. And guess what? 99% of the people act like it's a cold, the flu. But then one of your friends get it and they could be dying. No, that's not if easy for me to say. And if I live good, I work for it. If I look good or I live good, I work for it and I don't take it back. I'm sorry, guys. 
I give back as much to my community. I want to give back more. But if I'm look, if I treat myself, I am happy to treat myself. So we only get one life. Nobody gave me shit. I came in this world butt naked, Bronx Lebanon projects, but Bronx Lebanon Hospital, across the street from where Larry Davis did the one-two on Fulton. So, you know, I work for whatever I got. If I eat a chicken McNugget or a steak, I work for it. So it's not easy for me to say, we all scared, we in this together. The president caught the fucking COVID. Giuliani got the COVID now. This ain't about, yo, you famous, you can't, are you crazy? Jeremiah barely came out alive. Fred the godson died. Well, I'm famous, I'm a celebrity, I can't catch the COVID? Somebody said, can I talk to your, your fans? Which, which, I don't know what the hell these people are saying. I talk to my fans every fucking day. Every day I talk to my fans. Titi Barber, what's good? So Titi Barber's my favorite. Well, one of my favorite aunts. <laughs> Let me not get killed by my aunts, but, you know, uh, she's my favorite. And, uh, and so she, you know, she raised me. She took care of me. Uh, my Uncle Fayo who I admire very, very much. And so she she sent me on a little mission to find some PS, what is it, PS5 or is it Xbox? What's the new shit that everybody going crazy for? PS5 and for her grandson. And uh, I said, no problem, Titi. Let me get to it. And thank God we found a fucking PlayStation for him. Uh, and so, you know, that's what it's about, man. Family is about, uh, taking care of yourself, man. And to respect yourself and respect others. You know, my, I've been around, you know, somebody, somebody caught COVID. His wife caught COVID. Somebody I know, his wife caught COVID. He been around us, even though he had the mask on. So we got scared. We started taking the COVID test. Thank God we are negative. But when I asked my man, like, yo, where you at? The man's still sitting in the one-bedroom apartment laying next to his wife. Yo, bro, I don't know what fucking acid, mushroom, cocaine you on. You're going to catch the fucking COVID. And so it's not keeping it real. It's not like when you see the Titanic that the captain stays on the ship. Fuck out of here. Like, get out of there. Quarantine. And all I know how to do is keep it real with you guys. All I know how to do is keep it real with you guys. I don't know how to keep it for fake. I do not know how to do that. Yes, 
I'm waiting on you, Snow. I, I sent requests. Um, and so it's another thing, yo. Listen, I don't like to disrespect nobody. Um, but I watched my brother Nori talk about uh Vlad TV to take your stuff out. Vlad been doing this a long time. But Vlad Vlad is one of those guys who takes your interview and takes the uh your shit and makes it clickbait. It makes it look like this and this and that. And I don't dislike Vlad or whatever, but he Vlad, if you listening or your people work for you, please don't put me on the controversial shit because I'm not on that. I'm about peace. Yo, Snow, what's up? What's up, Joe? How you doing? Man, I've been waiting on you. You're the hardest person in showbiz to get on here. <laughs> no way. How you doing? It's just, I do everything, it's just I do everything myself as far as music. So, like, it, it, I be, you know, running around and, and figuring no, things let out. let me tell you something, man. Uh, you're a pioneer of what you do. I met you one time, and your conversation with me was so passionate that mm -hmm. I never forgot it. And 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 I've always had in the back of my mind, yo, I got to get up with this girl again. I got to talk to her, you know. And uh, now we get to do it here. How have you been during this COVID? Have you been protecting yourself? Have you been staying safe? What's going on? I've been good, man. I've just been working. You know, I've been building my studio. I got a ranch, so I'm pretty much just working on my compound, just having everything in-house from videos to merch to music, music studios, and just um, getting ready for whenever tour tour comes back. But until then, I mean, I've been doing good. Thank God. I've been, I've, I'm, I'm one of the few artists that's, like, really thriving during this time, you know? Man, you know what? It gives a lot of the fans to really focus because if they're doing the right thing, they got no choice but to pick up a book or pick up new music or pick up this. And then a time like this gets them to sit down and focus on who's really talented and who should they really support. Yeah. Um, you, you, your parents come from Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, both my parents Mexico. are Mexican. Yeah, they're, they actually both live in Mexico now. What what part? Zacatecas and Michoacan. Damn man, you got me fucked up with the Zacatecas. I think it's good. Where's it near? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, where's it near? Uh, like the middle a little bit. Like Michoacan is like southern middle part, and then like Zacatecas is more northern. Michoacan. I think that's where uh Pati's from. I think she's from there. Uh, so I've been all over Mexico. Chihuahua, Jimenez, Juarez. Oh, uh, shoot. The whole shit, right? And uh, one time, we drove a tour bus through the whole Mexico from, from Texas. And we went to Cancun. At that time, I was scared to fly. And um, I got stuck up like seven times on the bus. It, oh, it was shoot. like every couple of hours, they... But guess what? It was the police every time. Yeah. They pulled us over. They said, what are you doing here? We're going to Cancun. They're like, yo, 100 US dollars if you want to keep going. And, yeah. uh, and thank God we made it through because now I realize we were in like a fucking spaceship going through the whole fucking Mexico brand new. <laughs> like we were dying to get robbed. Like we were like, oh my God. please rob yeah. us. 
In Mexico, they call that a mordida, right? That's what they call it? Yeah, so like, they want a little bite of whatever. If you eat they they're going to need a little bite to make sure you're good. No, they made sure we was good, but they wanted a little <laughs> bite. Like, I was like, yo, you know, I never got robbed in my life, so. Oh, Jesus Christ, they kept, I, I had to pray. I pulled out my Bible, started praying. I was like, yo, if one more motherfucking Mexican cop sticks me up, bro, I'm gonna, right. I couldn't believe it, right? And uh, so, so you were born in Mexico or you, or, or you was raised in San Jose? Wait, wait, I was born, you? I was born in San Jose. I was raised all over Cali and then now I live in LA, but I lived in Texas for a while. So a lot of people in the industry actually think I'm from Texas. Um, but yeah, I've just been all over the place, pretty much. And uh, what, what, what led you into rap music? What led you into being a rapper? Um, I always sang mariachi, like I always sang in Spanish. My dad sang mariachi, so like I was always the kid that like my dad made sing at the parties. And then I got tired of that, and I really would tell my dad like, please, it's embarrassing. Like at this point, like you know, all the kids are making fun of me. Like I really don't want to do this. So I just like forgot about that part of my life. I was like, I'm not gonna do music. I'm gonna be, you know, a social worker or do something else. Um, and then randomly in high school, everybody started freestyling. And I was like, I think I could do that. You know, what's crazy. I got given a Fat Joe, I mean, not a Fat Joe, a Big Pun album. Um, my friend, I couldn't afford to buy CDs, but my friend gave me Big Pun, Outkast, Lil' Kim, Biggie and Tupac. And, uh, and then eventually gave me an Eminem CD. And like, that's literally all I listened to. Like, that's all. So that made me be like, this shit is lit. Like, I wanna, I wanna do this. And I would start freestyling. Then I went into battling. Then I bought my Pro Tools, made music. And then um, that's it. I just kept going. I always tell people like, the only reason I'm a rapper is because I just didn't quit. But it's not like that was my plan, you know? I just got with something and, and st stuck to it, you know? But that was it. Me as well, you know, it's a similar story to me. I remember when uh, hip-hop started. I'm from the Bronx. And uh, we was little kids, maybe five, six years old. And I remember we was at a house party. It was in Castle Hill Projects. It was my cousin's birthday. And we brought out the cardboard. And we kept playing this uh, Grandmaster Flash and Furious 5 record and started breakdancing and electric boogieing. And our parents was looking at us. Like, we were smoking crack at the time. And they, because you know, before that was Southside R&B. They never seen nobody break dancing. And, and it, it was the new shit. And so they yeah. wanted you to do mariachi. But you was like, yo, this is where it's at. And, uh, yeah. and, and so before you, I don't think there has been a successful Latina rapper in the industry. And if, and, and if there has been, Educate me on that because I don't I don't know that yet. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of Latinas, you know, I think as far as being a Mexican woman and like kind of building a fan base like me, uh, I'm not totally sure. You know what I mean? There has been like Chicano rap and like you had you had been talking about that the last time we, we met and there is like Chicano rap and there is um, more emerging artists right now that are Mexican-American. But yeah, I've definitely been doing it for a really long time and just like touring like 100% building every single fan from like the ground up. And that's that's like the long route. That's like the old school route. But like, I'm, I'm seeing that that, I'm very glad that that's how it happened. You know, I'm glad I didn't just get a hit and take off. Like, cause that longevity is really what ends up making your life, you know? You go out there and you talk, you know, I was talking, I don't, you know, I bring them up often, but I, I'm with them every day. My brother Khaled last night, and we was talking about, 
him on the Beyonce tour, he was like, yo, bro, I touched every part of this country. He was like, yo, I ate a steak in every place, every town we never heard of. And but that's how you build the core audience. Um yeah. so so when you was growing up, did you ever get into like Kid Frost or Cypress Hills? Did you know about them or they were way before your time? Uh, I listened to Cypress Hill. It's funny, my brother's younger than me, but he like loved Cypress Hill. So it was cool when I first got in with B Real in the studio and Burner and all of them and it was it was dope to like be like, yo, I'm in here, you know. But um no, I didn't listen to too much of the Chicano rap because there, you know, when you're born in the Northern Cali and then there's like Southern Cali music, it, it was just something that, you know, people just didn't, you might fuck around and listen to the wrong thing or in the wrong place and all of a sudden someone runs up on you. So I just kind of stuck to, you know, what the five CDs I had been given. And I really was like, I was a, a hip hop fan. Like I liked Big Pun for the lyricism. I liked what they were saying, you know, like I, I liked the swag Biggie had, I liked Andre 3000, like, so once you listen to that type of music, it was kind of, I didn't really listen too much to that, like more, more Chicano, mm. like Cholo music. And it's nothing that everybody has their taste. I just really like that, like hip hop sound, you know? Yeah, you know, me and Pump, we looked up to Cypress Hills a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were truly like the first Latinos to, uh, to get big and hip hop and their sound was so raw that they yeah. were from Cali and we thought they was from New York when they first came out. When they was like, yeah. this is something you can't understand. How about you just kill a man? We was like, oh shit, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, they, they, they were somebody that we really, really looked up to. Um, So, you, so you're doing this, Um, me and you was talking I honestly always believe that numbers don't lie. And I honestly believe that the biggest rapper in the world one day will be a Mexican-American oh, rapper who uh, who speaks to everybody, who, who raps, to just makes music for anybody. A Puerto Rican can love him, a black guy can love him, a Jamaican, a white guy. The Mexican rapper who captures everybody together will be the biggest rapper in the rap game due to the numbers. I've always felt that way. Do you think you're the one, Snow? Um, do you want me to tell you the truth? Yeah. Like there's, there's a couple, I could unpack that, you know, like, do I think I have the talent? Yes. Do I believe Mexican community is ready for a woman to be the face of it? No. Um, we are a culture that traditionally has wanted women to kind of like be more submissive and, you know what I mean, be more like, you know, we, we kind of are the machista, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's just what it is. So, and especially being LGBT and, you know, all these things that come with it, I'm not sure that I would be the one, but I think I would bring to the table maybe that thought or that movement it's been cool because lately you know there's a couple rappers that are like emerging and stuff and like when they do interviews like they'll mention me they'll be like the first person i saw you know like waving that flag at shows and like doing all this stuff was snow and that was you know a decade ago so at the same time i do think that you know you'll always be able to like i, I said it in a song like you'll always be able to open a, a, a you know a web tab and find the shit i did like my legacy will be there like i do feel like if I was to die, I do think I would be a legend. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm not, so I'm not trying to die. 
So I'm like, I'll just be here and it's cool. Like y'all figure it out when you want to. But if there's anything that I've learned from being in this game so long is I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Y'all figure it out when you need to. And that's it. Cause honestly, there's been a lot of things. You see me at a label. I've had different managers. I've had all this shit. Everybody always tried to tell me what I was doing wrong. But then when it worked, they're like, oh, you know what? I'm glad we did this. And it's like, we, motherfucker, you no, were telling I'm, me no. No, I'm time. glad I gave you the idea. <laughs> or, right? or you on a record label. Yo, let me tell you something. I am so glad. We started this show because, you know, everybody was going through the COVID. And I was scared myself, you know, uh, in New York, it hit New York first. A lot of people started dying. And so I came on here to pretty much give therapy to everybody and talk to them about what's going on. And we talk about music, politics, whatever. But I am so glad that this show started so authentic and so organic that, and this is no disrespect to nobody, that there won't be a white guy named Rob Wolfenstein to say he started my shit. Like, the right? people see me start my shit, they know I own my shit. And so exactly. I've never understood how us as hip hop, and this is not a racial conversation to nobody, but how us in the hip hop, we pour our life into the music. We put together our own music because I really never had an a and I have one a and in my life that I can give credit to is Rob Reef Tulo. Besides that, I've never had an a and I've been in the game 25 years. I pick my own beats. I get my own shit together. And But when I win, being that I'm signed to this label, somebody got to come take the picture with me and look like, like, think about it. Yeah. Uh, the weekend wins the Grammy. Who the fuck is John... Wellington, they gotta stand next to him like he did something. Motherfucker ain't do nothing. <laughs> I feel you. I, I that happened to me recently. Like, you know, we started a podcast, we started live streaming or whatever, and now it's like a real podcast. And then we had some meeting, and they're literally like, "There's this whole agency, right? Like, we want to do what you're doing because it's working amazing, it's going great. But like, can you start a new one, like with us being the 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 face of it, and then just kind of like move everything over?" I'm like. It's already there. It's already working. You want me to do it under you so it looks like you did this shit. But if the shit's working, then just leave it alone, you know? So to me, I've kept everything as independent as possible because I'm like, this is what's going to make sure my kid eats when he grows up. This is what's going to feed my family. I made promises when I started to people I started with and I said, we're going to take it all the way. So what good is it if we take it this far and then I just hand it off to somebody else and then I got to look at my people like, oh, my bad, you know, like, nah, we're not doing that. So if there's one thing I could say, 2020 opened my eyes a lot about ownership, about just making sure that I take care of what I said I was going to take care of, and I stopped. I just put blinders on. So 2021, and, I'm coming and, strong. And I'm dropping the project. Me, I've been independent, right? I was signed like you to Atlantic, and I got off of there, right? So I was in Atlantic <laughs> selling two million records, and one day. I put out an album because they made me put out an album when Jay-Z and everybody was coming out. So I took an L. The album went gold, 500000 And they told me I'm a failure. And it didn't sit well with me because I went home that night. I couldn't sleep. And I was just thinking, I said, you want to know what? Maybe they're right, you know. But if I go independent and sell a half a million records, and I get $7 a record, I'll make three and a half million dollars. So I went back up there the next day and told them, you're right. 
I'm a failure. Y'all might as well let me go. I'll be underground, independent. No. It was like, all right, Joe, no problem. Then I put out Make It Rain, and the shit sold 4 million records. So I know they was kicking themselves in the ass. Yeah. And, and so let's say all the way up. I've been independent since then, 15 years. So all the way up blows up. It's number one. So a good friend of mine told me, yo, could you meet with the biggest guy? I'm talking about the biggest guy in the music business. The biggest. Yo, he wants to meet with you. Now, I'm political. I don't burn my bridges. So I show up. So the guy's telling me, yo, we could really blow up this record. Yo, we could this and this and that. I said, listen, I came here out of respect. I know who you are. I got nothing but love and respect to you. But me signing to you right now will be like me winning the championship and giving you the belt. I said, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that. And he was like, yo, I think you're making a mistake. I said, no, I'm okay. Like, I got money. I got whatever I want. I'm good. Like, yeah. you know, and so uh, I get exactly what you say. The only yeah. thing is you can be open to, to uh, different ideas to take whatever you're doing to another level. Now, if somebody's coming to you yes. talking about, yo, we can put it on Amazon. We can put it on TV. We can put it. Now, that's something you listen to. And he said, man, yes. I get more eyes on me. That's, you know, I can move like that. But otherwise, you do whatever you do that's natural. Um, Queen of the South, La Reina de Sur. <laughs> The way I found out about La Reina de Sur, it was Spanish first, it was a novella, and I was locked up. And I used to oh, watch shit. it with all the Spanish dudes, the novella would come on, and I'd be like, oh shit, this shit is popping. I'll never forget when I came home, I kept watching the novella on the fucking screen. I never watched novellas, but I was like <laughs> fucking addicted to the Queen of the South. So they do the English version. How did you become a part of the Queen of the South? Honestly, that's what I'm saying. Like, so many blessings that have came through to my life have just been, like, somebody was a fan. Like, somebody knows. The cool thing about my career is that even though I'm not super popping or, like, not on top of the charts or whatever, like, people who find my stuff know, one, I'm underrated. Two, I can wrap my ass off. Three, I'm honest. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really just out here, like, working my ass off and just keeping a small team. That's it. So whoever is a fan will, like, go hard for me so it was a writer on queen of the south that was like yo like you know everybody keeps talking about you we really like you know I, I don't know if you can act but i'm gonna tell you what like i'm gonna fight for you because i just think you're so real and i was like lit thank you so i sent in a video um like an audition and i just kind of like sent it and just was like i'm not gonna remember like i'm just gonna act like i didn't do that because if i get that email saying like oh you suck i'm gonna be I'm gonna be sad, you know? So I was like, I'm just gonna forget about it. They hit me up and they were like, no, like not only do we want you to do one episode, we want you to do, you know, four. And then I was like, what? And then they were like, we want you to do the second season. And I was like, what? So it was dope. And then they asked me to make a song for it. And it was just real cool. It was a good first experience for, for acting. And I'll tell you what, it was the first time I ever felt like I was famous. Like, I feel like the rap game don't really treat you like like you're, you deserve, but when you're acting- Yeah, the, you the, the movies is forever. The right? They treat that's, you a good. that's a whole different thing. That shit is like, we can watch the movie now. We get like yeah. it's forever. And the thing about music that I always told everybody with music, I could go to the, uh, 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 a restaurant now in Hollywood and be sitting next to the biggest country singer, let's just say 
Toby Keith, and I don't know who the fuck he is because I don't know country, and he don't know who the fuck I am, right? And so you can have artists in there for music and not know. And then the actor come in here, Matthew McConaughey, and we're like, oh, shit, Matt, we all know him. <laughs> so movies is something yeah. that they don't judge by genres and nothing. You know, you watch a good movie, you watch a good movie. And so that shit yeah. is forever. Do you know Castillo? Yeah. Did you meet, you met Castillo? Keita Castillo, no, I didn't. Because on the on Queen of the South, she wasn't on that. And I think technically you weren't so you weren't allowed to mention either or. So like I was like, but I know Keita Castillo from novelas, because I grew up watching novelas like every fucking I novella was Yeah. Yeah. That's no, I grew shit. up watching all novelas though. Not that you? one though. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching like fucking what, Primer Amor and shit. All that novelas. Oh. You know, I always thought novelas was corny. My grandmother, oh, my whole family was rushed for novelas. And I'd be like, yo, it's corny. It wasn't until I was in jail that the Spanish niggas was like, yo, this is a badass bitch. Got the Descastillo. They was watching it like, oh, my God, she's coming on tonight. And um, that's based on a and real so I got into that thing, one. Right? I think I saw another Who knows? Huh? I think I it's think based on a like on a one book. After that, it was like, I think it was the 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 mafia some shit. Another one, it was <laughs> these girls that they would only fuck with the capos, the dons. After that, I gave up my novella, uh, my, my my novella uh, life. I went back to English uh, stuff, but she, you know, it's pretty crazy how um they followed her to get. To get the chat vote. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, you know, her story's really crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a legendary thing. And she's just an actress, but she found her way into that, you know, that lifestyle. Would you do whatever show would you like to do, you know, if you was to act again? Whatever show would you like to do? Um, I don't know. I'm down for whatever. Like, uh, I do I do feel like, you know, acting deserves its, like, respect. So I'm not just going to go in there and be like, because I'm a rapper, I should get roles. So I do want to, like, go to acting classes so I could just, like, be good. You know what I mean? But anything, really. I, I definitely don't want to be typecast. I told people before, like, I ain't trying to be up in, like, you know, be the maid and be all the shit that you're expecting from a Mexican girl. Like, I'm trying to make sure that you know, we, we out here being lawyers and all kinds of shit. But I do think that it is necessary to, to have more representation of Mexican people because we do make a big amount of the population. And I think there isn't as much rep, uh, representation. And even on shows that are about Mexican people, they're not casting or bringing in Mexican people. You know what I mean? So it's like, we could tell the accent is different. Yeah, you know what? what's crazy is you can't even blame these people, right? Because I go... I go to where they make the movies, the Beverly Hills and all that, and the only Mexicans they know is the taco man. The only Mexicans <laughs> they know is selling the fruits on the corner. Or the yeah. only Mexican they know they think is a vato loco with his fucking thing. thing. They don't know that Mexicans are out here driving fucking coloring in Rolls Royces. They fly guys. They fly Mexican yeah. women. They got all type of jobs and fucking businesses and own... And, and so I tell them when they say, yo, Joe, what we got to do 
with the Latinos and things. I said, y'all got it fucked up. I said, y'all got it fucked up. Because every time I see uh, a Latino on TV or whatever, it's some Rico Suave shit that don't <laughs> really reflect the Latinos in the world today. Yeah. I mean, and, and they've been getting it wrong forever. Yeah. I just went into a few meetings right before COVID hit. I went into a few meetings because I wanna I wanna help more on the like producing side and like on the writing side of shows and stuff. Cause I was talking to Christella and Angela Johnson and a few different comedians that are Mexican women too. And I'm just like, we gotta link up and figure something out because we can't be mad that there is no representation if we're not getting into these other you know sides of things. So that's one thing that I can say about me rapping like is cool and I'm I'm making my project and I'm gonna take it to you know a distributor and be like, yo, here's my project, it's done. Let's give me let me know the rollout, you know, because I am receptive to figuring out a distribution or an imprint. But I want to get my feet wet in some of the production or some of the writing of shows or some stuff because I do really give a fuck. A lot of people say para la cultura or for the culture, but they don't give a fuck about the culture. They just want to see what they can gain out of the culture. Me right now, I'm trying to push the culture forward as far as like, I'm really trying to make sure people know, like don't disrespect Mexican people. Like don't talk shit, like don't think that all we're doing is fucking crossing borders and stealing jobs because that's not what we're fucking doing. And make sure that next time that you see a paletero or elotero or anybody, like any street vendor, give them that fucking respect because they are working hard. Don't treat them like shit, you know? And that's one cool thing too. Like I've made a few plugs just based off of somebody's kid being a fan of me and they're like, you know, doing a humble job or whatever. And then their kid ends up being like, you know, they work at this place or that place. I'm like, that's fucking dope. You know, I was nice to one person and then it turns into something else. So I think life is, is really good right now because the vibes are good. Like Mexicans is winning. Like we're here. That's right. I appreciate that. Um, and I love that about you, that you rep your people to the fullest. And like I said, you know, doors are only going to open. Um, it's always been like that. It, it, it's always been unique. Where hip hop... Um, opens doors to where, you know, a kid might love you and their parent is the boss of some shit or whatever. And the next thing you know, you're doing business um, with these people. It's, it's historical. I don't want to say people's names, but people that we think are geniuses, they got certain deals done, got it done because the kids love them. And they say, hey, guess what? I own this company. Do you want 5%? And we look at them like, holy shit, how they pulled that off. But it was really because the music, the, the, their kids loved the music, and that brought them to the table to talk to them. Um, I, um, I, I appreciate what you do. Um, you're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, just like I told you behind the scenes. You know, I got a movie I sold to Warner Brothers. It's called King Cato. And it's based out of a brother that's half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. And Cato was like the biggest guy in the street. I can't tell you the whole movie. And he actually got killed by guys, by Chapo's nephews. So I saw that. So I'm just trying to tell you, we're trying to push Latino movies forward in Hollywood and just not have the corny people do it. Because yes. the shit is, we got a bunch of Latinos out there as imposters Yes. Acting, Speak acting on that. Like they know what's going on and they sit up in the room and they come out, I got this great idea. And they're like, yo, what's your idea? 
Rico Suave returns. <laughs> but man, if you don't get the fuck out that room, man. Right? Man. I, be, I be having some meetings too where it's like, People are just like sitting in that room. They're listening to this person and they're saying like, listen, we're going to make all this money. Latinos are popping right now. We're going to do this. But you're like, and they're representing Latinos. But I was like, the problem is that if you're corny as fuck or you don't know the culture, what's going to happen is you're going to get that check and they're going to expect that return. But you're not going to give them that return because you're corny and nobody fucks with you. And the next thing that happens is they ain't going to give an, a check to a real motherfucker because they're like, no, nah, we already tried that Latin thing. And that dude never fucking gave us a return. And it's like, stop being corny and taking checks from people who should be getting them because it's just fucking up the culture. And that's what I'm saying by the para cultura or for the culture. It's like, if y'all keep giving somebody just because they look like they're a reggaeton artist, if you keep giving that person mad checks, like you might fuck it up for actual shit that's going to push the culture, actually going to move the needle, actually going to make some real shit happen. You might be fucking up. I'd be telling people too, I'm like, do you think, Selena would ma would have made it in this type of culture right now because y'all are so ready to tear somebody down. Y'all are so ready for tea. Y'all are so ready to talk shit that I don't think Selena would have been who Selena is. Thank God she was she was making it when she did because right now y'all would have ruined something amazing way before it even took off because y'all are out here with this fake fake love. Well, the, way I, the, way, shit. the way I look at it is uh Everybody who died young or went through something. Let me tell you a story, right? There was a guy. There is a guy. God bless him. His name is Stempo. I don't know if you know him. He's a reggaeton rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Latin hip-hop. Yeah. Stempo is a rap god to Latinos. A rap god. You, you hear what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. He's on the Mount Rushmore of Puerto Rican rappers with that Latino shit. Real hip-hop in Spanish. He caught a Fed case. So they, he was supposed, he got like 60 years in jail or something. He was never coming out. You would walk in a Puerto Rican house. They would have a poster of God, Jesus Christ, and a poster of Temple. If I'm lying, man, I get hit by fucking lightning right now. And so whenever you talk, be like, well, Bobby. So even if me and Pun was killing, they'd be like, Bobby, okay, I'm well, Tempo, Bobby, that's a look at you know. They're that shit to me. Yeah. Tempo, ever. You know, it's my man. I respect him. I love him. I did some songs for him while he was in jail. But he had no chance of coming home. He had 60 years in jail, some shit like that. Caught the allegedly 500 kids, some crazy shit. Shit. Right? No, no, no. And every reggaetonero, you listen to their music. Oh, tempo, tempo, tempo. Every record, like, like we do Tupac and Biggie. This is my yeah. point. Right? So tempo was damn near a living Tupac and Biggie to the reggaetoneros, to the rappers. That's how they have it. Tempo in the miracle goes and has an appeal and beats the fucking case. Yeah. An appeal after he did I'm not already know where this is going and I don't know the story, but go ahead. No, listen to me. He wins the appeal and like 10 years later, he did 10 in the feds, never snitched. Oh my God, Tempo's home. The people in Puerto Rico, they're pushing cars over their rioting. Before Tempo could step in Puerto Rico, there was a nigga dissing him in a rap song. 
before he stepped foot in Puerto Rico, the rap god that we love, that this, they went out. Everybody loves you when you're down. I feel and that. So, and so my point is, if Tupac came back, if he said, hey, guys, I was in Cuba, they'll diss him the first day. Yup. And it's foul. That's the way the game is. And it's foul. Yep. They got no respect. They be lying. It is what it is. And so, so when you talk about Selena, it is very possible they might have not been fucking with her like they are now. We all love Selena. We all know she opened doors. Uh, she's fucking beautiful. Very talented. But no, she's unfortunately, a this is a horrible game that we live in. A horrible time of where people, the same people that push you up, try to pull you down. Facts. And, and, and it's like they're just waiting for you to fall. And that's the thing. And wait, let me explain it. Because I already see some what the fucks or whatever. Like, some people, this might be going over some people's heads. Like, we're saying people are so ready to trash you. Like, you could be the most amazing person. But unfortunately, in the time we're living in right now, and with social media, fake accounts, just the, the toxicity that we're living in right now, motherfuckers are ready to bring you down as fast as possible. It don't matter if you're talented, beautiful, go all this stuff. Like, people really want to tear people down. It's just everybody... Uh, I was actually on, uh, you know, that uh, clubhouse or whatever. I was in there and we were talking about all these uh, industry things, right? And they were dead ass saying, like, why certain people have so much power in the game and, like, talking about who watches those particular people. And it's like, bro, you didn't know that toxicity sells right now. These This tea type shit, this shade room, shade room type shit, like, all those type of things. That's what people are paying attention to because people don't want to see some positive shit. They want to fucking talk shit and gossip and you know what I mean? They want that serotonin from refre refreshing their shit. So to me, I just feel like I stopped giving a fuck about getting my accolades. I stopped giving a fuck about what type of respect or if people every time, you know, every once in a while you'll get people like, I don't know who you are. Okay, great. I don't know who you are, but here I am, you know. I just bought a $3 million home and I'm doing pretty well. I don't need to be on the top of the charts. I'm doing all right for myself as a Mexican woman by myself. I'm cool. My kid's eating. Other than that, I'm rapping for y'all to just have fun. You know what I mean? But um, You know, the way I discovered Snow the Product is from my sister Remy Ma. And Remy <laughs> don't like nobody. Remy don't think nobody's Tell me your nice. side so I can tell you my side. Go ahead. She don't give a fuck. She don't like nobody. She don't just, she came to me and said, yo, Joe, this is Latina girl. She's spitting, bro. Her name is Snow the Product. And I said, for real? She was like, yo, she is nice. You need to fuck with her. <laughs> and that's how I got on to you. And I knew, just like my sister know, I ain't with no bullshit. So if I tell her such and such is nice and dope, she knows what's up. The same way she wouldn't co-sign nobody that wasn't real or wasn't dope. And, uh, and so you know Remy. You met Remy before. Yeah. I mean, look, I was, it was, I think it was at the BET Awards and I was like walking in and I seen Remy and like, she's tall, you know, I'm short as hell. Like, I don't know if people know that, but I'm like short as hell. So she's tall. She's looking beautiful and just like, you know, and then I'm walking up and I'm like, oh shit, that's Remy. I'm like, fuck, like, I hope she likes me, you know, like, I, you know, I don't know. But yet I, I didn't say anything because I didn't think she even knew who I was. So I'm about to walk by and she goes, hey, Snow. And I was like, Holy shit, I remember right away I hit my friend up and I was like, yo, Remy just recognized me. She told me I'm dope. That's so tight. So yeah, to me, it was like anxiety. 
of like and there's even some one female rappers she knew, but she knew. still waiting for her to say that. They've been yeah. around for years. Remy don't fuck with people. Right? So Remy likes your shit and she was like, yo, Snow is nice. And yo, Joe, I'm telling you, she put me on to you. Thank you. Like, that means, she was like, I'm hit her up. Mexican girl, she's nice. Yeah, it was because that cipher on BET, like I was talking about mad shit that nowadays, like people are starting to talk more about. But like, I was just like, everybody want to talk about chapos and narcos and capos and all that shit. But like, nobody really cares about Mexican community. Like, nobody really gives a fuck about the struggles of like being an immigrant or being the kid of an immigrant, first generation Mexican. Like, you don't got shit. You don't. At least sometimes when your parents are American they maybe have friends that got something like when you're the first generation uh, uh, American, you don't got nothing. You know what I mean? You're reading your paperwork to your parents. Like you're trying to help them with their legal paperwork. Like I'm nine years old trying to help my mom sign some paperwork for, you know, school or whatever the fuck and like translating. And it's a lot, you know, you, you take on a lot. So I'll be telling people like, if you're going to give a fuck about, you know, having the, I don't know, cholos in the background of your videos, having the lowriders, talking about, you know, my bitch go loco and all this shit. Like, can you at least give a fuck a little bit? Like, help the people that are going to be supporting this shit? And um, so I said that shit on the BET Cypher, and I remember that everybody reacted, and I was like, that's dope. Like, that was a good moment for me, because I was like, all right, cool, I'm doing the right thing, and it ain't getting lost, you know, in translation, so. No, yeah. it's not, and you got to speak to your truth. And, uh... I see my sister Erica Ford, she's a community activist. She's on here and she's like, teach right on. And, um, and, and she's right, you gotta speak to your truth. And for me, being, you know, I get really upset because I'm Puerto Rican and I'm Cuban. So Puerto Ricans, you know, we American. Uh, Cubans, until recently, there was a law that the minute a Cuban steps foot in, in America, they're legal citizens. Yeah. So my people, my tribe, where I come from, can't relate or don't know what Mexicans go through crossing rivers with kids on their back, eating Bye. toothpaste because they don't have no food, doing everything just to get a better way of life. And so when I talk to my community, I tell them, yo, those kids on the border, they Latino. Them kids on the border, they Latino. When I talk to my people, I say, listen, don't think you better than nobody because you got papers or whatever. These are our people too. And so yes. what happens with Latinos is just, is, is Panamanian, is Nicaragua, is Mexican, is Cuban, is Colombian, is Puerto yep. Rican, is Dominican, is this, this, So everybody thinks every Spanish person they see is the same. Yeah. But we under one Latino banner, but we all have different cultures and different uh, things that we that, that we believe in or the way we eat. But I try to tell everybody when they come in America, Latinos need to stand up for each other. Even yeah. if you're better off in life, even if you don't have that problem. But you can't act like you don't see what's going on. You don't you can't act like yeah. Like you don't see that lady's getting is working countless hours on her knees and, and raising yeah, up you can't act like kids that kids aren't and engaging. she ain't really getting paid. Like you know shit is fucked up. Yep. You know, and yep. um and that's always been my approach to where uh we all here together. Unify. It's always been my approach. It's always 
been my approach since day one. I understood. I don't under understand. You know, my, my mother-in-law came from Colombia, but she came from Mexico. So she yeah. told me the story yeah, that she had to cap cross the river in in a in the inner tube. She told us that women were getting raped. Am I lying, Mom? Am I talking too much? Huh? She told me she saw women getting raped trying to come over here. So, yep. so I listened in great detail and respect the struggle of somebody who wants to come over here and work and take care of their family. Now, a lot of these people come in and work, and they don't even take care of themselves. They take care of their family over there. Facts. That's what, y'all, so, that's one thing that, like, in our culture, like, you got to take care of your parents. Like, you got to help them. So, like, you know, when I was around, like, you know, barely getting out of high school and shit, like, people didn't understand that, like, I would I would be like, bro, but, like, they'd be complaining about their situation. I'd be like, bro, do you understand that you're lucky? Like, I hand my whole check over to my mom. Like, I work and I hand my whole check over. Like, even till now, like, I, even being a rapper, I remember one time because I used to sell CDs, like, out on the street. And I was selling CDs and I, like, was getting mad no's. Like, everybody that I would walk up to, like, you know, they'd be like, oh, you what? And I'd be like, oh, I'm Mexican, you know. They'd be like, oh, I already know what you rap like. Like, no, I don't like that Chicano shit. I'd be like, let me rap for you. I'd be like, I don't rap like that. So let me at least rap for you. I'm like, if I rap for you right now a verse and you like it, buy my CD. If you don't, fuck that shit, you know? Like, I'll get better. So I would do that every fucking, like, I'd be out there selling CDs. People would buy it after they listened to me. I've racked up 600 bucks, right? I was like, all right, finally, I have racked up 600 bucks of selling CDs on the street. My mom calls me. She's like, I got these bills, blah, 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 all this shit. I didn't even live with her no more. And she's like, oh, there goes all my money. I'm like, all right, it's good. So a lot of times, us Latinos, we do have to, like, support our parents. And, like, we have at to put our dreams on top. At least, you did it, at least you did it the right way. You know, they got girls out here with no disrespect. But they strip, and their moms take the money. Like, they, they got to pay the bills. Yeah. You understand? I mean, they go through some shit that they got to pay the bills. Like, we've seen that a million times. Uh, as far as me, I always say, I make decent money, but I always feel like I'm an immigrant because I make my money and I give it to my family. Nice. Like I make my money and take care of my mother, my father, my family, my this, my this, this, this. I, I, I feel like an immigrant, although I'm not, because I know that if I don't go to Yugoslavia to do a show of fucking uh, Poland, you know, my aunt ain't going to eat. You know, my uncle ain't going to eat. My cousins ain't going to eat. So it's a similar um, type of situation. Let me give you a lighter question on the way out. Um, <laughs> who's your, and you ain't got to say Fat Joe, who's your top five rappers of all time, dead or alive? Definitely. And I've kept these pretty much the same forever. Uh, R.I.P. Big Pun. And it's not because you here, like dead ass, like big pun. Um, Miss Lauren Hill. Oof. Eminem. Mm. Andre 3000. Mm. Out Biggie. Biggie. Right? I don't know if anybody could beat your five. And I mean, so that's diverse. a strong five. That shit crazy. You got Eminem and pun on there. And you got Andre 3000. You got Lauryn Hill to me, no disrespect, because, you know, my sister and me, Rem, we so tight that it's like Joe and Rem fuck the world, anybody who comes against us. But, you know, she knows Lauryn Hill to me is the best female MC ever. 
and better than most uh, male rappers. So you got, and Biggie, of course. Yeah. Of course. And I was going to say, Kim, like, I love Kim, right? Because honestly, if it wasn't for hardcore, like, even though I don't rap about sex, like, I thought that album was like, that's one of the albums that made me, you know? But obviously Biggie, so I'm like Biggie all day. Like, yeah. That's a Biggie strong was the best. Biggie had the best bars. He had the best flow. Uh, as far as being a big man. Uh, well, me, I was in the streets, right? And so when I came in the game, I was more rapping about, like, hip-hop. And I was trying to get away from, like, what I really was in the streets. Because, you know, a lot of my friends was going to jail and shit like that. And I know people was listening. So I was trying to just keep it real hip-hop, boom, back. And then when Biggie came out and Jay-Z came out, they was rapping about the shit I was living. And I was like, yo, I got to be the Don Carter J. I got to talk that hustling street shit. And uh, it's, it's people like Biggie that uh, inspire me to be who I am right now. Yo, Snow, stay safe. Nothing but love. Man, oh, yeah. we got to collaborate one day. We got to do something together. Let um, me know. Got you got my number now. Keep believing in yourself. Never give up. Shout out to Thank all you. my Mexicanos out there. Y'all know what it is. Nothing but love, all right? Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, shout out Marjorie. I see you. That's my attorney. Yo, my attorney's going to make some shit happen. Let's make a movie. We got we to gotta make a movie. We got to produce a movie because I heard what you said about Kato. Now we got to we gotta kill off somebody else. We got to make, some, we gotta make some shit happen. All right. You ready? I'm on it. Peace. All right, bet. All right. You don't know who I know. You don't know who I know. And that's Snow the product. And she don't need nobody. She do her own things on her own. She independent in the $3 million ranch. She don't give a fuck about no, what, no industry and what they saying about her. She living her life. And so you don't know who I know. I know everybody. So good luck to Snow. And I want to work with Snow. I want to collaborate with her and see if we knock one out the park. I'm being honest with you. And I see it different now. I see that she can be. She thinks the Mexicans ain't ready for a woman to lead. I disagree. I think woman empowerment is very, very strong. I think she could be the first to crack open that door on another level. She's doing it already. Anybody can buy a $3 million crib and hit TV series, all that is doing her fucking thing. But she might want to hit one out the park, and that's what Fat Joe does. I hit him out the park. Home runs. Nothing but hits. That's what I do. And so we got to collaborate uh, and do something big. Uh, you heard it. It's the biggest show in the game. Once again, please take COVID. 19 serious it is real out there 
Wear your mask, wash your hands. Stay away from large crowds, social distance. It is worse than ever. Yo, Fleazy, I love you too. Shout out Junito. I already bigged up Choo Choo. Um, rest in peace, Elena. Um, I don't know what else I could do or say uh, because Elena was such a beautiful person and she always took care of me my whole life. When the cops came for me, she would hide me in her house. And I would stay in the house for a week straight. Cops is all over the projects looking for me. I'll be in Elena's house. And so, you know, Elena's such a beautiful person. Um, God bless her. I don't know what to say. I, I went to my mother and father's house just to spend uh, time with, with them because I know they, she was one of her best friends and I knew she was feeling the way, so I had to go there. Um, that's what it is. And uh, trust God, put God first. Tomorrow night I'll come. I honestly don't know who I got tomorrow. I'm sure to be big every day. Somebody huge, larger than life. If there is competition somewhere, my foot has been in their ass for nine months straight, night after night after night after night. You guys going to miss me. You guys are going to miss me. When I say one day, hey, guess what? IG's over. Corona died down. That's it, guys. You are going to miss me. I'll be like, damn, fuck. Every day, 8 o'clock, we don't know who's coming on this motherfucker. It might be Ludacris. It might be Chris Brown. It might be Remy again. It might, you don't know who the fuck I'm bringing on here. Vanessa Williams? Maya? Kalani? Sweetie? Dr. Fauci, this shit getting out of control. Well, it's been out of control. And one thing, you might think Kanye West is crazy, but one thing Kanye West told me, if you don't big yourself up and you don't talk about your wins, you can't expect these people to do it for you. And so they all liars. Anybody thinks that they even close. Beanie Siegel last week. We did a special Mano and, and Jim Jones uh, Rappers Are In Danger. It is terrible. It's terrible what we're doing to anybody who could even think of himself as competition. And so anything is possible. Anything is possible. And so what I'm saying to you is don't let people, naysayers, people who matter their lives because they weren't able to do nothing, people who are depressed all the time. You, you, you ever got that friend or family member that when you go to see them, you already know they, they sucking that thing out of you. They sucking the life out of you. They bringing you down. But what, what they draining you. around that's called draining, right? And we try to keep it real and come around them, but from the minute you see the stink, you stick. Don't keep that shit away from me, man. Let me go over here to the light. Let me go to the light. 
And yeah, it's COVID, and it's fucked up. And so what? I want a suntan. Because I want what makes me happy. And I'm going to go to the light. And just like where I live. Where I live, there's a lot of people with money, obviously, who live here. But I don't know how they make their money. At least they know I make my shit rapping. And so, as long as the way you pay your bills is righteous, you take care of your family, that's all you really need to worry about. Put God first. Believe in God. In my most worst moments, my scariest moments, if I'm able to say something one second before I die, and hopefully it's a long time from now, but I would praise God. And that's it. And we in this world, and it just goes by fast. So whatever makes you happy, makes your family happy, you need to do that. Because this world goes too fucking fast. You blink, you're 10 years old. You blink again, you're 40. And so you got to do what makes you happy. Not what makes people happy. Not what this and that. What makes you happy. As long as it's righteous, you're not robbing nobody, you're not taking, taking nothing from nobody, enjoy yourself. Because look, we're all going to be transitioned. And all we can do is say, yo, when somebody dies, we hope that they moved on with God. That's all you can say when somebody dies. Some people live so righteous in this world and good people like Elena, then you know they with God. Right? Some people that really live like righteous and, and did good by people, you know. You say, listen, they with God. You know, it's only the iffy ones. You know, you pray that they make it there. So while we're here, whatever makes you happy, that's what you got to do. As simple as that. We working, never jerking. Steve Lobel is in the building. Steve Lobel, he would always... Man, that's crazy, right? You believe that? I almost did the whole show. Two of my favorite people on the planet Earth is their birthday today. Dre of Cool and Dre, you heard him all over the Family Ties album with me. In fact, it was both our album. Dre, happy birthday. I love you to death. You, you inspire me every day. Uh, I'm so happy when I talk to you and I talk to your daughter, Molly, and every day I FaceTime you and you make me happy and my wife looks at me like, yo, get the fuck off the phone already. Um... You're my brother, and I love you to the death. Um, happy birthday. Uh, Rich the Barber, who's no longer a barber. He manages Party Fontaine, and he's part of Bryson Tiller's management. Rich, I love you to death, my brother. You already know, till the wheels fall off. You can't find two better guys. I cannot believe 
that their birthday is on the same day. You can't find two better guys to make your friends. And so I love you guys. Uh, we're unique. I'm with you. But you better not give up. And you better stay strong. Don't fucking give up. You fighting the COVID, you stay there. You stay there and you fight that motherfucker to the end. And I promise you, you're going to get past it. Don't give up. Love you guys. Peace. The big, big show. I don't know who we got tomorrow. The show is going to be the biggest in the game, the biggest in the world. Thanks, Snow, the product. Uh, I've been chasing her forever. Incredible interview today. Love you guys. Peace.